Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to a Monday edition of Inside Arsenal. It is the start of another week and I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you are having a very, very good Monday. First of all, apologies, I didn't get to do a show yesterday. Did mean to, but I'll level with you. I went out on Saturday night and uh, I was just far too hungover yesterday to even face looking at a computer screen and doing doing anything. Barely even drunk that much either, just such a lightweight these days. Uh, so yeah, I kind of missed my uh, missed the spot to do it yesterday morning, and I was out family stuff in the afternoon. So yeah, slap on the wrist for me. Uh, too much drinking on Saturday night. It was fun though. So uh, yeah, but we will talk about plenty of stuff today. The international break, of course, continues to rumble on. We are now only five days away from Arsenal returning to action, of course. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Gabriel Jesus. We're going to talk about him. Looks like he is going to potentially play against Argentina, potentially even start against Argentina. Uh, we'll sort of round up what else has been going on in the international break. Goal for Leandro Trossard last night for Belgium. Uh, Declan Rice has been talking a couple of interesting points from him. I wanted to discuss Gilberto Silva, who's been talking about the potential for Arsenal to do some transfer business and what he's heard ahead of the January transfer window and a couple of questions and comments from you guys as well to wrap things up. All right, let's get started, shall we? And we will start with Gabriel Jesus. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see right there on the screen, two pictures of Gabriel Jesus in full training for Brazil ahead of their game against Argentina. He has, of course, flown over, linked up with the squad last week, didn't feature in their game against Colombia, didn't travel for the game away in Colombia, stayed in Brazil, continued to work on his fitness. Brazil have always been hoping that he was going to be available for the Argentina game, Arsenal were hoping that he wasn't and that he was going over there just to kind of be part of the squad and be close to the squad. Um, that's kind of what was indicated when talks were going on about him potentially coming up and linking up with Brazil during the international break, despite the fact he hasn't played for Arsenal for basically a month because of his hamstring injury. But it looks like he could well feature. I have to admit, when I saw that Vinicius Jr. picked up that injury and had gone home and gone back to Madrid, I did fear the worst. 
um, that they were potentially, if there was sort of any lingering sort of doubt over whether or not Gabriel Jesus was going to feature against Argentina, I think when Vinicius got injured, that's the moment that I thought, yeah, he's going to play, isn't he? Um, and I think everyone at Arsenal is just going to be sitting back, crossing their fingers and hoping that he gets through this unscathed, especially going up against someone like Christian Romero, if he does indeed start this game. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a worry. I've spoken about it before. I'm just not sure when you haven't played in a month that you can really get thrown back in against Argentina uh, in a game that's going to be as physical and as intense as that game is going to be. But all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope that all of the assessments that Brazil have been doing on Gabriel Jesus and everything they've been saying publicly suggests they have done all the right things. They have, you know, scanned him regularly since he's been over there and they have eased him back into it. And they've promised that they're only going to, you know, they're not going to take any risks with Gabriel Jesus. And we've just got to, on the sort of face of it, trust that that is the case. They are going to do what's best for the player and, you know, potentially what's best for Arsenal as well. And obviously he is in full training. We've seen that now. And I think if he comes through that unscathed and there hasn't been any issues, then, you know, Brazil probably quite rightly, you know, can play him. Those are the rules. Arsenal have no say on, say on the matter, really, even though they pay his wages. And they're just going to hope that he gets through it unscathed. And we could potentially have Gabriel Martinelli starting and Gabriel Jesus starting in this game against Argentina for Brazil, who on the back of the defeat against Colombia, you know, they need this result. Brazil versus Argentina is big, you know, any time that the, the two countries meet. But on this occasion, Brazil going into the back of defeat, Argentina going into the back of it on their first defeat since uh, losing that game against Saudi Arabia at the start of the World Cup as well. So both teams got a little bit of a point to prove. And yeah, hopefully Christian Romero is not uh, at his most hatchet man best in this game against Brazil if Jesus and Martinelli start. I imagine if Jesus does start, that'll mean Martinelli will be out on the left with Vinicius injured. Um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting one to watch. Fingers crossed we uh, yeah, we get the best news possible at the end of that from Gabriel Jesus and from Brazil. Um, Kai Havertz. Now, there's a question, a comment here from Jonathan who's been in touch saying, Havertz starting and scoring from left back is crazy. You know Arteta is licking his lips. Now, this is, of course, in relation to Kai Havertz starting for at left back for Germany at the weekend. They, I think they lost 3-2, didn't they, to Turkey? But Havertz played at left back. He scored after about five minutes, which is quite interesting. I was watching the goal. I looked at the goal and he was popping up inside, sort of just on the edge of the six-yard box to score. Um, so, yeah, it made a real sort of attacking run from left back to be up in that position. Played very, very well by all accounts. I think I've got a comment here from um, Nagelsmann, obviously the German manager now, about why Havertz played there. And he said, Kai said he wanted to do it. He wanted to try it. I don't see this as a risk for him, but as a very, very big opportunity to play a key role at the Euros for a first time in an unfamiliar position. He did extremely well and was probably our best player. Um, yeah, it's just, it is an interesting one. I, I was at the pub actually on Saturday night when the German team came out and I saw it on Twitter and I looked at the formation. I was like, is Havertz at left back? And I sort of passed my phone around the table showing people the, <laughs> the starting 11. And then we're all sort of discussing it at that point. Um, look, I don't see this when, uh, is it, was it Jonathan? Let me just go back to it. Yeah, Jonathan saying, you know, Arteta is licking his lip. I don't see that, to be honest. I cannot imagine in Arteta's thinking he's seen this and thought, oh yeah, that's something we could do with Kai Havertz could play him as an inverted fullback drifting into midfield. Um, I think if that is really the case that Arsenal start to think about that with Kai Havertz, then an awful lot has gone wrong uh, in terms of what he's been able to do since he's come to the club uh, as an offensive player. So I don't see this. You know, Arsenal got lots of options they can play in that inverted left-back role with Sinchenko, with 
um, Tommy Asu with Timber, of course, when he comes back fit. No, I just don't see this as something that Arteta is going to be looking at realistically just because Havertz perform well there for Germany. You know, whether this is something that Germany consider as a long-term remains to be seen. I saw Lothar Mateus talking about it, saying that he thought it was a bit, it was probably, you know, a bit kind of insulting in terms of the other left-backs in the country if you've suddenly got Kai Havertz playing there. I mean, we know he's decent defensively. His numbers suggest that. He wins a lot of duels. You know, he um, he's done very well in that regard since he's been at Arsenal. It's just unfortunately going forward where he's really sort of lacked, but his defensive numbers are pretty good. But I'd be very, very surprised if that's a position even Germany, no matter what Nagelsmann sort of considers for the long term for Havertz, especially ahead of the Euros. Um, I think <laughs> if you're a right winger and you came up and you had Kai Havertz playing at left back, I think you'd be kind of licking your lips a little bit at the prospects of that. But fair play to Havertz. Hopefully that goal will do him the world of good when he comes back to Arsenal as well. Um, give him a little bit of a confidence boost. Declan Rice has been talking. I'm going to quickly get on to his comments. He's been talking about Bukai Saka, which I thought was interesting, and what it's like to be a £105 million player. Um, but before I get on to that, just on Leandro Trossard, I don't know if you've seen this yesterday. If you haven't, go and search on um, Twitter or whatever for the bit of skill that Leandro Trossard did in Belgium's win yesterday. He scored, actually. He scored the fifth goal. I think it was against Azerbaijan. They won 5-0 and he got the fifth goal. But watch the little bit of skill he does down the left-hand side, this sort of jump in the air and the way he controls the ball and knocks it while it's in the air. Outrageously good. What a technician Leandro Trossard is. Just such a fantastically gifted footballer. And uh, yeah, good that he got his goal as well. So hopefully, like Kai Havertz, that's going to ensure he comes back to Arsenal with a little bit of a confidence boost. But Declan Rice has been talking ahead of England's game against North Macedonia. Some interesting stuff, I think, from Declan Rice that I just wanted to go over. Uh, he was asked about the transfer fee and um, he admits that it was, you know, it did make him feel a little bit nervous, the fact that he's gone for £105 million. Pounds. And, you know, a lot of us don't really, I suppose, think of what it goes through in terms of in terms of a player's head, what goes through their head when they go for these sort of astronomical transfer fees. And sometimes we say, you know, the, the transfer fee has potentially weighed a player down and stop him achieving what he could achieve. And I think a Nicolas Pepe kind of in that regard, and maybe not so much, the fee and what that meant to him personally, but the fact that everyone then, everyone from the moment he signed is calling him and labelling him a £72 million player. And he was always £72 million Nicolas Pepe. And I'm not sure he ever really was able to shake that tag off. And that maybe played a bit of a detrimental effect on his Arsenal career because he couldn't shake that off and everyone was expecting him to produce what a £72 million investment should produce. And when Declan Rice is the same, I mean, £105 million player. Imagine what that actually feels like for someone. And he, Rice was talking about it. He said, when the transfer was going through, I was very nervous because of the price tag. It's natural to think about that. You're a human being being poor for £105 million. It just doesn't feel very normal. But that was because of what I'd done at West Ham and what they valued me at. When I signed for Arsenal, I thought I just need to be Declan Rice. Be myself. Don't be any different. Everything will go smoothly. Um, which I thought were really interesting comments from Declan. So he's right. Imagine that you are, you're just a human being and you're being sold for 105 million pounds. It's just a, it must be such a bizarre thing to go through and to try and deal with and compartmentalize. But um, I mean, look, he's brushed it aside. There has been no, you know, you've been no look of a player who's struggling to deal with his hefty price tag since he's arrived at Arsenal. He's just taken his stride and just got on and become you know, such an instrumental player in the team, such a key player of the team already. There's been no nerves, nothing like that. It has not affected him, not impacted him in the slightest. I think that says an awful lot about his mentality, his character, and just how good a footballer he is. And um, yeah, he's just been an absolute revelation since he signed. I thought this was interesting. He was talking about Bukayo Saka as well. 
and what Saka's having to deal with this season. He said, look, he's so composed and relaxed. I think he's realised now he is not getting the freedom he had last year or the season before. I feel he knows how good he is. We all know how good he is. And the opposition are starting to know how good he is. They are starting to double up on him. They are starting to man mark him. But this is where learning comes in. He is so young. And there are so many different parts to his game, obviously, still to go. And he would admit that to himself. Now he has to find new ways to beat the opposition and to play around them to score goals. Even though people say he's had a slow start with Arsenal this year, you know he is still contributing in most, ga- most games for goals and assists. And he is someone we desperately rely on and we need. He's a pleasure to play with. I think he's right. I think definitely we're seeing teams line up completely differently with Saka. And a lot of us keep saying, you know, and I say it myself, um, you know, he's had a slow start to the season. Maybe he's not been at his best so far. And we kind of think of that as a Saka issue. But maybe we need to think about it more as just the fact that he is constantly, constantly, not just being kicked, but even when he's not being kicked, when he gets a ball, he's got two players on him all the time. Teams are doubling up on him, sometimes tripling up on him because they know if you stop Saka, you've got a good chance of limiting Arsenal because he's so important to that attack. The fact that he still manages to produce and still has the numbers that he's shown this season, because despite all that, and despite the fact that a lot of us keep saying he's had a slow start, when you look at his numbers and what he's contributing, his goal involvements, you know, it's virtually, he's still doing virtually a goal involvement every single game he plays. And that says an awful lot about just how good he is. Um, but maybe he does need to find new ways. And I think maybe Arsenal need to find ways of getting the ball to him quicker before teams can double and triple up on him. And, you know, Arsenal have moved the ball a little bit slower this season. I think that's been pretty apparent at times in games. Maybe that's an issue. Um that they need to try and resolve. And they need to try and get the ball out wide as quickly as possible to give Saka every best opportunity he has to get against a defender one-on-one because we know when he's one-on-one against his fullback, you know, there's only really going to be one winner in that battle. But yeah, I thought those are really interesting comments from uh, from Declan Rice. And I imagine he will be starting tomorrow night winning. Is it tomorrow night or tonight? I can't even remember. I didn't look. Shows how much I take too much of an interest in the international break. But certainly either tonight or tomorrow night, England are playing North Macedonia. I think it might be this evening. And I mentioned Declan Rice will start that game. He didn't start on Friday night against Malta at Wembley, nor did Bukaya Saka. So I imagine he's going to come back into the starting eleven as well for tonight's game. Hopefully they can get through unscathed, get back to London and then really start to prepare for that big, big game against Brentford at the weekend. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, as we start to draw towards a close, before I get to a couple of your questions and comments, just wanted to discuss some comments made by Gilberto Silva. 
which I thought I had taken down and I hadn't, which is a bit of a shame because now I'm going to have to search, I'm afraid, and uh, have a look for them while I'm uh, while I'm talking. But he's been talking about um, Arsenal's transfer plans for January and what he's heard. Now, um, Gilberto, I don't know if some of you are aware of this, he's actually a agent as well. Um, and so he's very, you know, he's in the mix when it comes to transfers and things like that. Uh, used to be Fred's agent. I think Fred's got someone else now, but uh, he used to be Fred at the Manchester United agent. But Silva's been talking at the Web Summit in Lisbon. He was talking about um, Arsenal's transfer plans and what he thinks might happen and potentially what he's heard. And he said, I heard they were maybe looking for some midfielders, especially because of party being injured at times. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to happen, uh, but obviously they have to be aware that it's a very short window and very specific. You have to be like a fisherman sometimes to grab the right player. You really need to that's going to help you win games and be useful for the rest of the season. Also to improve the way you play. It's not about sometimes bringing a player in because you need them. Speaking to people there, Edu, many times they are working hard to have the data and what they think is right for the club in terms of targets to market. It's very competitive. Sometimes you have to be fast and not lose the opportunity. So Gilberto, as many people believe, thinks midfielder is probably going to be the key area for Arsenal as we head towards the January transfer window, as we discussed quite a bit on last week's show in terms of potential targets there for Arsenal, whether that be whether they really push the boat out and try and sign a Douglas Louise, whether they can even do that, whether they need to sell to bring money in. That's all going to start emerging and coming out of the woodwork, I think, in the next few weeks or so as we head up to January. Not far away now until that January transfer window. And it's going to be very, very intriguing to see what Arsenal can do or potentially what's more important, what Arsenal can do in the January transfer window when it comes to um, possible investment in the team. Okay, just a few comments and questions. Um, here's one that I just wanted to talk about. Um, this was in response to Everton's 10-point punishment by the Premier League that we spoke about on Saturday's video and the potential ramifications in terms of what that could mean for Manchester City and Chelsea. Here's one that says, Hi Charles, as and when Premier League levy charges or points deductions for irregular irregularities, it should... Uh, Acute, uh, sorry, accrue retrospectively to the year that they occurred, and if so, they should be stripped of their titles, and the second team should be given the titles. What do you say? I really like your Inside Arsenal Extra Time podcast. Uh, thank you very much about that. Um, uh, thanks from Mumbai in India. Uh, yeah, I'm sure my brother's in India at the moment. Actually, he's gone over there for a work and family trip, and uh, I was speaking to him because really felt so sorry for India yesterday losing the World Cup final to Australia knew what that would have meant to the country and how excited they were ahead of the final been the best team throughout that cricket tournament throughout the World Cup they should have won they deserved to win but I have to say the Aussies as they always do they turned up in the final they stifled the life out of that game with the ball and then did what they needed to do with the bat brilliant innings from Travis Head to get them over the line so congratulations to the Aussies commiserations to India um yeah in terms of this I was talking about this actually on Saturday night again just a bit of a chat between mates and I think that I think if they get found guilty I think they should be stripped to their titles because basically over that period of time they've won those titles by having been proved to have cheated to have got there this is if they get found guilty of course but in terms of handing the titles over I'm not sure about that I think probably then you might have to, otherwise there could be a big period of time where no one is champions in the record books. But it doesn't feel right. Say Arsenal got given the title last season about in about two years' time, whenever this gets resolved. You know, is that it'd probably go down in the record books, but it wouldn't feel like a league title, would it, to those teams? 
to those fans you know you didn't never got the chance to celebrate it or anything like that so it would always just it would just be a really weird thing i'm just not sure you know players would they get medals would they be bothered about getting medals a few years down the line when you know they didn't actually celebrate at the time and they always felt like they finished second at the time i'm just not sure it just it just feels like a bit of a pity type crowning of of champions i think definitely strip the other team if they get found guilty of any honours that they've won. But I'm just not sure about handing that honour over to whoever finished second or whoever was beaten in their final a lot a lot of years down the line. It's just that it wouldn't feel like a win to anyone involved, I don't think, in that. So, yeah, I think it's a bit strange. But I don't know. I mean, I suppose it happens in the Olympics if someone gets proven a couple of years down the line to have been, you know, having a doping offence or something like that. Then the person who got the silver medal ends up getting upgraded to the gold medal and, I suppose if you ask them, are you happy with that gold medal? And does it feel like a gold medal? Maybe they will say yes. Maybe so they, it does feel like that. So, But I'm just not sure. Sort of speaking from a fan point of view, if in a couple of years Arsenal, or say Arsenal lost to Manchester City in the League Cup final, didn't they, in whatever year it was, when Wenger was towards the end of Wenger. So it would have been about 2016 or something like that. Um, say if City got found guilty and they got stripped of that League Cup trophy, and Arsenal were crowned League Cup champions, you know, now seven years down the line. Would it feel like they won that won that trophy? Really, it wouldn't. It just it, it might go in the record books, but it wouldn't really feel like it. So I'm I'm not sure. I just think it's a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a weird one. And um, so yeah, I think they should certainly be stripped, but I'm not sure about everyone else getting the getting the uh, whoever finished second getting the titles retrospectively given to them. Uh, here's one from David. Uh, he says, love the show, mate. If we get the captain back and Jesus is fit, would you look at Zinchenko or Trossard instead of Havertz? Obviously, you mentioned there, we've already spoken about Havertz at left back. Um, I would, yeah, I would absolutely look at Zinchenko there. I've spoken about it before. I mean, Trossard as well. He's played there. He's played there well. He did it very well in pre-season. I remember against Barcelona, he was excellent in that left eight position. And I would. I'd, Zinchenko just feels perfect for it to me, but I don't necessarily think that means that's what Mikel will end up doing. I think uh, he'll probably persist with Havertz for now, which is his choice, obviously, as manager. But you know, from what I've seen so far and from what we saw before the international break, if everyone's fit, if Odegaard's on the right side, then right now I'd be having Zinchenko or Trossard or someone, especially against the big you know, teams when you're at home where you're expected to win and you're going to have lots of the ball. I think I'd move one of those two players into that position personally rather than Havertz because Havertz just isn't doing it. But uh, I'm not sure that's what Mikel will do. And finally, just before I go, here's one from uh, US2413. says, hi, Charles. Excellent show. Just wanted to let you know that today, which uh, was the 18th, said I've received your book through Amazon USA. Uh, you live in Tampa, Florida. Um, from George. Thank you very much, George. Uh, yeah, that's great news. And I've seen a lot of people have been sending me pictures. Um, my followers on Twitter from America have been sending me pictures of the fact that the book has now arrived. It has been released in the States. Now it is available over there, which is fantastic. Really happy to see lots of you getting that book. Uh, thank you very much for that. And I'm going to start plugging the book again. It's been a long time, but I'm going to start plugging the book again as we go towards Christmas because it is an excellent Christmas present, I would say. Christmas gift, stocking filler, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you want to order a copy of the book, then you can do. I'll leave the link in the description below. You can order it from Amazon or any other, you know, uh, wholesale book seller as well. It is available there. So please do do that if you think it's going to be a good Christmas gift for a friend, a family member, anything like that. Uh, that would be great. So, yeah, the link is down below. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Do have a very good Monday wherever you are around the world. I'll be back tomorrow as we really start to head towards the end of the international break. Have a great day. I'll speak to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 